Okay, um, today is a good day. And it is the season between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, which is, as I mentioned earlier, the season that the Lord has set aside for repentance and introspection. Yom Kippur is a time to remember. It's also a time, I mean, Rosh Hashanah is a time to remember. It's also a time to blow the trumpets. Um, And that season is past. It was a two-day festival. It started Thursday, ended Friday. And um, so it was a really, really good time. Now, I'm not going to really go over all of what that means and, and the prophetic significance to it. I would just point you to the link that Judy put on Providence Facebook page uh, of an article that was written by our son and the worship community. Click on that and read it. It's really well done. And it's understandable. Okay? It's understandable. But we're entering into a new season. And it's in this season, a few years ago, that some, some uh, Christian believers got together. And uh, they had felt the Lord say that it was time to set up an annual day to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And I want to read a passage of scripture to you, and then we're just going to kind of talk in general terms. We're going to have a video, and we're going to do some praying and just kind of go with the flow, because I told Ken this morning, I don't have a plan either. I just come in here knowing today that we're to pray, and, uh, and that's what we're going to do in just a little while. Psalm 122. And as you're getting there, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm believing more and more and more as, as I learn and um, as I read the scripture that I don't know nearly as much as I used to know. Nobody got that, did you? I don't know nearly as much as I used to know. And, and, and also, I, I, I'm realizing just how big a filter I have on the word because of my Western mindset. And I'm going to share one or two of those places with you this morning. But (laughs) when this psalm was written, it was written by a Jew, a Hebrew. The center of his world was, of course, God. But second behind that was a love for Israel and, in particular, Jerusalem. And this is what was written. I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Sad to say, but every time any of us have ever went went into the house of the Lord or what we would refer to as church, (laughs) we hadn't always been glad now, have we? We need to get glad, not only going to, going to corporate assembly, whether it's in a church or a home group or whether it's a gathering in the park. You see, assembly can be lots of different things. Church can be lots of different things. Church is never a building. Church is people. Okay? But when we go to the building, when we go to the assembly, when we, when we, when we have, the, when we have the, the, the opportunity and the prospect to meet with believers and be corporate, we should be glad. But unfortunately, we let so many things get in our way and, and we let so many things affect not only the way we look at it, but also the way our, our hearts and our spirits 
uh, respond to it till it's, it's, it's not even funny. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet shall stand within thy gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem is built as a city that is compact together. Wording we don't understand sometimes. Compact together means coupled. Jerusalem is coupled together. It is in unity. It's in accord. In what way? Well, I think in one way, they were bound together by, by blood. They were of the, twi- of the tribes. Twibes. <laughs> they were of the tribes. But I think in another way, they, they had a similar view of the location itself. They had a lot in common. And so Jerusalem was a together place. It's where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, unto the testimony of Israel, to give thanks unto the name of the Lord. For there are set thrones of judgment, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They shall prosper that love thee. Peace be within your walls and prosperity within your palaces. For my brethren and companions' sake, I will now say, peace be within thee. Because of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek thy good. Now, that was King James. I'll read the same passage in the complete Jewish Bible. I personally, I like the complete Jewish Bible. It's probably one of the most accurate translations from, from the actual literal Hebrew. Uh, it was, um, it was trans, um, translated by a, a Jewish believer, okay? It wasn't translated by a non-believer. It was translated by a believer. And here it is. I was glad when they said to me, the house of Adonai, let's go. The house of the Lord, let's go. Our feet were already standing at your gates. It's kind of different, isn't it? One of the advantages that we have today over the Old Testament believer is the fact that because of the sacrifice of Jesus, because of his finished work on the cross. <laughs> the Old Testament believer believed that his feet were at the gates of Jerusalem and at the house of the Lord. But thanks be unto Jesus, our feet are not at the gates. We are through the gates. We are in the place of the presence of the Lord. Think about that. The best they could do was say that our feet are at your gates. And the minimum that we can say, the minimum that we can declare and be happy with, the minimum is that we are in the presence of the Lord continually, forever, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, whether we recognize it or not, we are always have the capacity and the opportunity to tap into the presence of the Lord all the time. We don't need a priest We've got a priest, a great high priest, and his name's Jesus. We don't need the service of the tabernacle. What we do, the opportunity that we have before us is to enter into his rest. We'll get to that in just a minute. Our feet were already standing at your gates, Jerusalem. Jerusalem built as a city fostering friendship and unity. That's the way it reads in the Hebrew text. 
It's a place of friendship and unity. The tribes have gone up there. The tribes of Adonai as a witness to Israel to give thanks to the name of Adonai. So why did they go? To give thanks. To give thanks. For there, are the throne, for there the thrones of justice were set up, the thrones of the house of David. In other words, there was an orderly government and there was justice for all. It's cool. Which in that day was rare. Pray for shalom or peace in Jerusalem. Pray for peace in Jerusalem. May those who love you Prosper. Now, here's one of those filters <laughs> in your Western mindset, in our vernacular. When we mention the word prosper, what does our mind go to? Money. Money. And what else? Things. Possessions. Accomplishments. All, the, all, of, the, all of the stuff that I guess you could say, all of the accoutrements of the physical. Prosperity. The word says, all right, the word says that if we pray for the peace of Jerusalem, we will prosper. Now, does that mean that if we pray for the peace of Jerusalem, we're going to have money and houses and lands and accoutrements and all this kind of stuff that goes with all kinds of possessions? Is that really what it means? Is that, does that really what that means? Not here. <laughs> Not here. What this means, the word, the word prosper means to be at ease. It means to be at rest. It means to be in peace. What it means is, as we pray for the peace, the shalom of Jerusalem, then we are going to reap a harvest Well, I, I can just describe it like this. It would, it would be like this. If I were to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, spiritually speaking, it would be like me sitting out by my pool, eating cheese and crackers, and sipping on lemonade without ever having to go anywhere. Without ever having to do anything. Without having to worry that something's going to come up to call me away from that. It's ease and it's peace spiritually. How many of y'all would like to have that? In the season that you're in, what would be more important? A boatload of cash? Or having a season of peace and grace? And the presence of the Lord and just not being affected by the winds and the turmoils of the earth or the storms in your life. Hey, buddy, I'll take that. But see, if you got that, everything else kind of falls into line. If you don't have that, it don't matter. It don't matter how many boatloads of cash you got. It doesn't matter how many cars you drive. It doesn't matter anything about your possessions or your lands or or anything. All that is immaterial. Can I tell you a story? Now, I didn't come here to tell you this story. But just let me tell you a story. This is true. 
up on one of our farms that's, that has the frontage to Highway 57. Across the road from the farm, there lived a rich man. This is true. He was a rich man. And he was about the age of my dad. And so as a young person, as, an, as, as a teenager, um, of course, I, I knew this family. They were, they were a source of mystery to me, you know, because uh, we didn't have anything and worked all the time. They had everything and never worked. And we, we, as we farmed that parcel of property over the years, occasionally, you know, I'd, I'd see him out there, but, but he, he came, he, he was, one day he just was, he found out he had cancer. And he did chemotherapy and radiation. Uh, he was not a candidate for surgery. And I would just, he, become, he, he became less mobile, but he was still able to get around in the yard in the house, you know, just short walks and stuff. And I was over there spraying tobacco one day, and uh, I saw him over there, and it was, I didn't know it at the time, but it was the Spirit of the Lord. I just want to go over and just say hello and just talk to him. Because I was over there a lot, and I didn't see anybody going up the driveway. And I just had, I had compassion for him. So I went up there and sat down. And so we began to visit and talk over the course of a summer. I was probably 16 or 17 years old. And so when I was over there working and I saw him, I would just drive over there. And we'd just sit on the tailgate and talk. And one day, this is, this is what he said. We were sitting there and he said, I want to tell you something. I said, what is it? He said, I really enjoy you coming over here and, and talking to me. He said, because I don't have anybody to talk to. You know, I never have been, you know, the brightest cookie in the bag. But, you know, I, I just responded just probably like any of us would. I said, you know, you know I'm, that's okay. I'm, I'm going to stop by and visit. I, or I enjoy coming and talking to you. And I walked away from that with, and as I began to digest that, it began, it, began, it, it began the process in me of thinking about things that are really important. And I know in my heart and in my spirit the things that are really important, the things that money can't buy, but sometimes I settle on and I focus on those things that money can buy. And sometimes I begin to focus on the things that Money can buy that I don't have. And one of the challenges for me in this life is to be able to live in a place and have a heart set that's disconnected from all the material things that I could have or I could accomplish or I could gain or I could acquire. One of the, that's, that's one of the challenges for me. Okay? And see, there's a principle at work here. In praying for the peace of Jerusalem. And the principle is this. Is if I pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Then the peace of God is going to visit me. I am going to reap a harvest. Over what I pray for Jerusalem. That's, that's the, the, the static truth. In Psalm 122. But the broader spiritual principle is this. If I can get myself to the place. Where I can pray for you. And where I can treat you. And where I can interact with you like the person of Jesus would, then I am going to reap all those things in my life. 
What happened to Job when he prayed for uh, his friends? He received back double everything. Now, did he sit down there and say, you know what? I bet you what? I bet you if I pray for my three miserable friends, actually there were four of them, but if I pray for my three miserable friends, I bet you God is going to return me back double what I had. Oh, no, that never crossed his mind. What did cross his heart, though, was the fact that he needed to pray for his friends regardless. He needed to, and although Messiah had not come, in his heart and his spirit, there was the spirit of God and the spirit of Christ was, was, was compelling him to be Jesus to them. Now, if I can be Jesus to you, And if I can pray for you without agenda, and if I can speak to you like Jesus would speak to you, if I can be, if I can have a Christ-like attitude, I'm going to begin to receive stuff. It's a, it's a spiritual principle. I can't do it to get stuff, but I will begin to receive stuff that I pray for you and so much more. See, it's called unselfishness. It's called lack of pride. It's called humility. It's called servanthood. It's called obedience. That's what this is about. This is about praying the heart of God over a place that he cherishes and over a people that he owns without regard to anything other than that's what Jesus would have us do. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May those who love you prosper. May peace be within your ramparts. That's cool. Ramparts are, Janie's, Janie's been upon the ramparts of Jerusalem. I went up on part of them, and I think she went the whole, she got the whole full mega meal deal. Okay. She was carried up on the walls of Jerusalem and actually was able to walk the ramparts, which is the military stationing and watch, watch areas, the walkway along the walls. She was able to go up there, and she was given a tour. Mm-hmm. It was closed, and, but I got in. Yeah, it was closed, but she got in. She was able to go places that very few people ever have had the opportunity to go. In, in, in a military fashion, she was able to see the secret places, okay? And so as we pray for the peace of Jerusalem, what we're praying for is that the military fortifications that they have set there be filled with peace and not strife, be filled with peace and not war, that the ramparts that was built for war would never see war. That's what we'd be praying. It's interesting. For the sake of my family and friends, I say, peace be within you. For the sake of the house of Adonai, our God will seek your well-being. I will seek your well-being. You know, that kind of needs to be a motto of ours as we go into this new year. Because Rosh Hashanah is the marking of a new year. We've been talking about that for weeks. We've been encouraging people that, you know, if, if you have 
if you have a point of contention or if you have an issue with your brother or sister, go clean it up. It take, you know, just, just do your spiritual house cleaning as this year begins. Preferably, you've done that already beforehand, but it's very important to do that. For the sake of the house of Adonai, I will seek your well-being. It needs to be, it needs to be my... This needs to be the cry of my heart that I will seek the well-being of Tony this whole year. That I will seek the well-being of Cheryl. That I will seek the well-being of Aston and Janie and Kenny and Ken, both Kens, all y'all. That needs to be that needs to be your that needs to be the cry of your heart toward me. Do you, can you even possibly realize what would happen if every moment of every day we absolutely put ourselves in second chair, regardless of our feelings, regardless of our emotions, regardless of whatever is going on, if we just took second chair and we pursued the well-being of our brother and our sister and our neighbor? Can you only imagine what untold good it would bring not only into our life and their life, but the life of our community? Do you realize what an agent of change that would be? Because I promise you, there would a, an anointing would follow that. That people would see and that people would seek after. They would inquire. They would want to know what's going on in your life. What is this? People notice that. But now, do we do that to get that? No. Absolutely no. We do that because the Spirit of God within us and the blood of Calvary has put it on our hearts to be that way. See, this is a thing of, of, of being. Praying for the peace of Jerusalem is a thing of being. Looking after your well-being is some, it, it's, it's a part of my being. It's a part of my existence. It's a part of the Jesus who lives within me. It is, it is, the, it is the kingdom thing. It is the right thing to do. In every occasion, in every instance, in every moment. So we got to get there. I've got to get there. Am I that way all the time? Unfortunately not. But I tell you what's happening in my life. When I'm not that way, immediately there's a knock on my heart. Uh, excuse me, you missed it. Are y'all hearing the knock on your heart lately? Excuse me, you missed it. Now, the interesting thing about this season that we're in, and I'm just going to say this and we're going to go and we've got a video to watch. The interesting thing about this season that we're in is that Rosh Hashanah, that two-day period, that two-day festival, um, part of the emphasis was uh, getting stuff right in your life. You know, thinking about your life and thinking about God and, and where you fit together and, and His plan and the relationship to Him and and taking those issues that he brings up and severing them from your life and repenting over them and getting a fresh start. <laughs> but the interesting thing about this season is there was, a, there was a second... If you missed it on those two days, there was a second chance period. And the second chance period was those 10 days between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Or Yom Kippur. Because see, as he worked toward the Day of Atonement... That was, that was it. Bam. And so, if you were Jewish, the right thing would be to get everything 
squared away during Rosh Hashanah. But if you didn't, then there was grace. And I want you to know there's grace with the Lord. There's grace. Bountiful, abundant grace. However, there's a point beyond which we can exhaust God's season. And this is something that's not said that often because we don't want to, you know, we, we don't want to say anything about God and we don't want to diminish his grace, goodness, and mercy. Because it is everlasting. But I want to tell you, there, there, there's a season when a door opens. And there's a season when the door closes. And he said, I open a door that no man shuts. And I shut a door that no man can open. And I am, I really believe the Spirit of the Lord is compelling me today to tell you that we have a season. But when it's over, it's over. But what then, Pastor? Well, I don't know. The season's over. You can figure that out for yourself. And so I'm here to tell you that we're in a season. We're in lots of different seasons. Today we're going to pray. We're going to watch this video. It's about this little five minutes. And then we're going to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And we're going to pray for, we'll pray for other people too. I mean, we've got people who need to be prayed for. But primarily today, we're going to focus on Jerusalem. How many people's ever been there? Raise your hand. One, two, there's three days. There's more in our ministry, but there's just three of us here today. Um, it's really an interesting place. Edith is old. Edith makes it her business to be there during most of the feast periods. Friend of our ministry, Edith Farmer. So anyway, what let's do today is let's watch this video. Farrell, can you start that for us? Okay, if you can't, we'll express having people come here, having people pray for Jerusalem. It's uh, magnificent, uh, strengthening of uh, our values for all time. Over and again, the scriptures call us to commit ourselves to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And now the people of God around the world are responding to this mandate as never before by uniting in focused prayer for Jerusalem on the first Sunday of every October. This is the day of prayer for the peace of Jerusalem. We're uniting believers from every background the first Sunday of every October to begin to pray in a concerted, united effort for the peace of Jerusalem. This global prayer initiative is established with the support and participation of nearly 1,000 of the world's most respected Christian leaders, united with one voice, calling the church to prayer for Jerusalem. To bring to that heartbeat center of the world something of a peace that alleviates the tensions, the hatred, the bombings, the torment, the peace of Jerusalem is a very focusable issue, and it isn't just a dream request. It's God's direction for us. With Reverend Robert Stearns of Eagle's Wings and Pastor Jack Hayford of the Church on the Way serving as co-chairman, 
The Day of Prayer for the Peace of Jerusalem has participants in over 100 nations from more than 100,000 churches around the world in what is now the largest Jerusalem-focused prayer movement in church history. We come to the conclusion that if Israel's blessed, ultimately the world's going to be blessed. And that's why I don't think there's any, any more important focus that can be in our daily prayer then to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. He has made an everlasting covenant with them and he will accomplish his purpose. We need to raise up an army of warriors who recognize what's forefront on God's heart today. Won't you join me the first Sunday of October in praying for the peace of Jerusalem? It doesn't matter where you live, you can have a great impact in Israel. Adding their endorsement to this effort are representatives from Israel and the Jewish community. I am very happy to hear about your idea to pray every October in every year to the peace of your Jerusalem. I genuinely believe that this may change the course of history and may bring people and political leaders to recognize that there is only one way to go for all of us, which is to turn our faces to Jerusalem and move forward together more than any other assistance to Israel is an answer that says there is a moral course in history. Good does triumph over evil. The first Sunday of October, in the season of Yom Kippur, Judaism's holiest day, will be a day for Christian believers to demonstrate love and support to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem and to honor the distinct Jewish roots of our Christian faith. As a Christian Arab, I pray with all of the Christians that are praying and people around the world that are praying. Jeremiah says, you seek the peace of the city, for in its peace you will have peace. The Bible challenges us and the current situation demands that we raise our voices now for Jerusalem. You can join millions of believers in moving the heart of God to bring His peace in that city. The most important thing we can do today is pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We need international help. We also need supernatural help. And today it is the prayer warriors who are the most powerful people on earth. For more information about how you and your church can be involved in this international prayer movement, visit www.daytopray.com. The Day of Prayer for the Peace of Jerusalem, the first Sunday of every October. Make a decision to be involved today. So what we're going to do is we're simply, simply going to pray. Um, could we have a little music, maybe? I encourage you. You know, if you want to get up and walk, you know, be active. You don't have to sit in your chair to pray. You can get up and walk around. You can pray verbally and you can pray audibly um, in any way you see fit and led. So let's just, let's kind of follow the Spirit of the Lord with this. And um, we'll go from there. Our kids will be joining us in a minute, too. Lord, there's so many things. 
so many places, God, that in our personal lives there's there's problems, there's there's things that in in our lives that just simply don't line up with your word and your heart for us. So Lord, today we come as individuals first to repent of our sins repent of our sins against our neighbor and to repent of our sins against you Father I ask that from this day forward there be a greater awareness in our individual lives concerning the offenses that we have against you and your people I pray, dear God, that we would not sin against you and other people. I pray, dear God, that we would be able to recognize, even before such a thing would happen, we'd be able to recognize where we're headed and we'd just stop. I pray, dear God, that we would be able to actively demonstrate to each other heart of Jesus. So God, forgive us of our sins. We want to sever ourselves from the the ungodly things of our past. And we want to lay hold this day of the things that are godly. So Lord, as we come today, first thing we do is we repent before you. Lord, next thing we want to do We want to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, the shalom. We want to pray, dear God, that there be no strife, no dissension. We pray, dear God, that your spirit would just over-blanket Jerusalem and Israel and the West Bank and Egypt and Syria and Jordan and Iraq and Iran and the United Arab Emirates and Libya and all the places, dear God, in the Middle East. All those uh, the nesting places, not only of the tribes of Israel, but of the Arabs as well. We just ask you to overshadow, Lord, to overblanket, to brood over that area and that you would arrest the plans of the enemy for attack and bombing and hatred and maliciousness that your spirit would actually arrest all that war and that peace would reign we pray dear God that you would let salvation flow into all those areas like a river today And that your spirit would wrestle with the spirit of men, whether they're Jewish or whether they're Arab or whether they're American or whether they're European. That your spirit would wrestle with the spirits and the souls of men and you'd bring them to Jesus this day. We pray, dear God, that those you've stationed there to present the gospel and to to present Jesus, Lord, to all those nations and all those tribes, we pray, dear God, they would... They would be encouraged by the Holy Spirit to be consistent in Christ's life. 
and they wouldn't display their own tendencies, but they would spread they they would display the spirit of Jesus that lives within them. Lord, we just Lord, we I ask you that in the name of Jesus, that the rabbis who have converted, the rabbis who have become believers in Jesus, Messiah, Yeshua, that they would be able to to do the things that you have put them in their in their synagogues to do and in their communities to do, and that they could with discretion and wisdom be able to lead others to Christ without any uh, lashback from the government or the enemy. I pray, dear God, that the spirit of the cry of salvation and the Lion of Judah would be heard from the four corners of the nation of Israel as a covering and as a help and as a protection, Lord, over your land and your people. They are your chosen people. They are, they got your blood in them, Lord. They descend from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You said they are a peculiar people. They're a treasure in the earth. We just ask you, dear God, to bring forth now your great intentions and your plan for Israel this day. All the good things, all the great things, all the blessed things, all the things of peace and prosperity that you have in your heart for Israel, dear God. Prepare them now this day to receive the goodness of the Lord. That they not disdain it, that they not dislike it. Soften their hearts to receive the goodness of the Lord. The good news of their salvation, Lord. And everything that accompanies life and peace and joy. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. If anybody else wants to pray before the congregation, we'll turn this uh, handheld on. You're welcome. pray Julie Myers she had a vision of this I just want to pray her uh, vision that she saw she was walking the streets of Jerusalem with a lion and it was the lion of the tribe of Judah he was huge her his head was huge and walking down the streets and as Jesus was walking beside her down the streets he would lift his head up and the sun would shine on his face and somebody's eyes would just pop wide open. He was being revealed to them. And I just thank you, Lord, that you're walking the streets of Jerusalem. You are walking the streets of the Holy Land. And I thank you, Jesus, when you lift your face up, the Father shines on you and you are revealing who you are to them. And they are their eyes are being opened. And Rabbi's eyes were being opened. And then they were going back to the secret place. And they knew who you were. You had been revealed to them. And it was burning in their bones. And they couldn't say anything to anybody yet. They couldn't say anything yet. But it was shut up in their bones. And I thank you for these rabbis that you have revealed yourself to as the Messiah. And that you are shut up in their bones. And they can't keep it long. And it's going to come out at the perfect time. It's going to come out. And I agree with what he said. Many, many people are going to be know the truth. And, and, and it's going to be revealed. And it's going to come out from their own. And I just declare that. And I thank you for your revealing of who you are to the people. And their eyes being open to the truth. And I thank you for that. You are the lion of the tribe of Judah. And you're walking the streets of Jerusalem. You are walking there. You are being revealed. Thank you, Jesus.
just had a thought come to me of something that I heard in CCU years ago. There was a Jewish doctor I worked with very closely there. And his cry to me was, how could a God that claims to be a God of my people let the Holocaust happen? So I just pray that the Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob would remove the hurt from the Jewish people in Jerusalem and abroad here in America, that he would remove their heartache and reveal to them that no matter what they have been through, no matter what pains and aches they hold, that he is Yahweh and that he is the one true God. No matter what Satan has used to cloud their thoughts from Jesus Christ, that there will be a piercing of that veil and there will be light shine through of the one true God and that their, their faith will arise and will shine like the sun. And there will be a declaration worldwide because of the prayers of today that eyes will be opened and hearts will be turned towards Jerusalem. And there will be an opening of gushers and that the word of God would go forth as a mighty flowing river and that things that have been closed up will be opened and things that have been closed will just be opened wide. Father, let your truth shine forth. Let your waters flood forth. Lord, we just pray for light, enlightened eyes and flooded and cleansed hearts. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Father. their cup and it overflows into the nations around them Father. Father we pray for their Muslim brothers our Muslim brothers Father we just pray that that they look at Jesus more than a prophet or a good teacher Father. We we pray that that they look at Jesus as a savior as the one king Lord. Father we pray we pray Father for their salvation and they come together with Jerusalem, Father, and that they won't hate each other, that there will be love, and there will be peace, and that peace will rock this world, Father. We pray that America stands, even if they stand alone, Lord, that they stand for Jerusalem. Father, we pray for the political parties that are against it, Father. We pray that you change their hearts, Lord. Father, we pray for Obama that he makes decisions, Lord. We pray for the the years to come, Father, that you put presidents and senators and congressmen and 
all those with the powers to do that, Father. We just pray that you give them peace, Father. We pray that you give them guidance in the peace of Jerusalem, Father. That we stand as a nation, as a community, as a church for Jerusalem, Father. that we know the Christian workers that are over there. We pray for the Lewises. We ask that you would increase their um, influence, that it would exponentially increase their influence and the seeds that they have sown into the hearts of the people, Lord, that they would be awakened and that the seeds of love that they have sown in service would just come forth in a mighty harvest, Father, for the Lewis family and um, also that sweet this lady who came and she would sing over people, her and her husband here. I don't remember her name. But you know who she is, Lord, that precious lady who would sing and they live in Israel. Nazarales. Pray for Jane Nazarali and her husband. And Lord, bless her and her ministry there, God. And as she sings over the land and as she prophesies and sings, I just ask that the angelic uh, activity would increase and that, the, that she would just sing in your presence. You would just ride on her songs. And the presence of the Lord would come in to that land greater and greater and greater. Just bless the, all the Christian workers over there that we do know. And the ones we don't even know, Lord. Increase their sphere of influence. say to pray for the peace of Jerusalem and we do it on this day. You also say that whoever blesses Israel, you will bless. And whoever curses Israel, you will curse. So Father, I pray for those people that will come and bless you. And will bless your kingdom and will bless your firstborn for your bloodline. And Father, I speak against the spirit of anti-Semitic anti-Semitic Medicism, whatever. The people that don't like them. Lord, it is it is simply of the enemy. For he knows that you have said that you know in the that there will be an a hundred and forty-four witnesses, hundred and forty-four thousand witnesses, and there will be people from every tribe and tongue. In, in, the, in the new world in the new in heavens and in the new earth and that if he, if he can cut off one twelfth of the, of the people of Israel one of the tribe whether it's the tribe of Dan or the tribe of Judah or the tribe of um, somebody else that he knows that he can cut, if he can cut them off then your promises would not be fulfilled but your word is absolute. Your promises are yes and amen. Your, your word does not return void. It goes out and it will, it will return full and fulfilled. And so, Father, we just pray 
today that you will allow hearts to wake up. You will allow minds. You will allow the fence sitters. Those that say, yeah, well, whatever. Jerusalem, you know, Israel's fine, but, you know, whatever. That you will show them that it's more than just fine. That it's more than whatever. That you will show people, like you did um, Sat's brother, that you will say, there is a point to this little country. Sat's brother became, Papu became solidified as a Christian because of Israel. Because he had to understand what was so important about this stupid little country out in the middle of the desert that the whole world was fighting over it. So even if that's the only reason, Lord, that people pay attention, then I, then I praise that. But I ask for people to wake up today and wake up in the season of, of Yah and the season of awe that they would wake up and realize that there is that their roots that their Jewish roots that their Christian roots are in Israel and I pray for those that grew up in the Christian denomination but have but have turned their backs on Israel that have have done the replacement theology where they replaced Israel with the church that they can beat on their own chest and say, aren't we wonderful? We don't need them anymore. Father, bring truth to them. Open their eyes as they read their own Bible. That your word from, from the Old Testament to the New Testament to today is the same. There is no division I heard a pastor tell me once that he that we were teasing about judgment coming in this case to California and we were teasing him but he says I don't believe in that I don't believe that's the God of the Old Testament I believe in the God of the New Testament the God of love and mercy and blah, blah, blah. and I'm like aren't they the same God and so father there break that mindset that there's two separate gods, the God of the Old Testament and the God of the New Testament. You are one. And Lord, I pray for the wisdom of the leaders of, in Israel. I pray for, for um, Benny. I pray for all the others. I wanted to, you know, I don't have something to look them up. But I pray for the people who are the leaders in Jerusalem and in, in Tel Aviv and in the, in the government, in the, in the secular government and in the religious government. I pray for wisdom for them, that they will know when to stand, when to fight, even if they have to take the first strike. And when to, you know, when to say, no, this is not a battle we need to, we can get in. This is the battle God will deal with. But even when to say, yo, I'm just going to sit, you know, let them, I'm going to let them fight. And when, when it's, when we're ready, we're not going to let anybody push us into doing something stupid. But we're also not going to allow anybody to tell us that we cannot defend ourselves. Father, even as bombs are dropping on Israel today and nobody is paying attention, 
I ask that you would, uh, you would show Israel how and when to defend herself. To take it in your time. No matter what any other government, including our own, says to them. And Father, Father, there are times when governments come against the nation, whether it's the United States or whether it's Saudi Arabia or Iran. But Father, I bless the people within those nations all over the globe that are not in favor of coming against Israel. The remnants in in Iraq or in Iran, the remnants in, in in Saudi Arabia and everywhere I mean Turkey, whoever and in the United States and and, in England and and Australia and Germany Father I I ask you to give strength to those people to stand and mercy if you bring if you bring judgment to their nation as you say you need to that you will bring mercy to them to survive the the judgment of their nation, that they can wake up their neighbor and say, this is not, this is acceptable from God. This judgment is proper, but this is why, and this is how to to change it. Yes, Lord. God, that you give her the capacity to share with the world all the benefits of a land flowing with milk and honey. So overwhelm, dear God, that great land and increase the anointing for productivity and provision flow that she could supply the needs of her neighbors Lord, in good ways now God for the leaders of the country the Knesset the Prime Minister we just ask you Lord that for every political leader that you'd bring them to Jesus I pray dear God for a great conversion in the government halls. Pray, dear God, for salvations in the military units. Pray, dear God, for salvation to flow through the streets of Jerusalem, Lord, into the into the Arab quarter and into the Christian quarter and into the Armenian quarter as well as the Jewish quarter. Lord, I just ask you that salvation flow down the hills of Zion 
Lord, to the western wall and beyond the place of the temple into the Kidron Valley, and that it would flow down into the Jordan, and from the Jordan it would just continue to flow and to flow and to flow and to flow until it reaches the Dead Sea, Lord. <laughs> Lord, and let there just be so much life that flows out of Jerusalem from Zion's hill, dear God, to bring back to life the Dead Sea, to cause it to be called the Life Sea, the Living Sea. Yes, Jesus' name. We ask you, dear God, that uh, in the vision of Ezekiel's dry bones, that you would return the cartilage and the sinew, that you would reconnect the joints and the marrow, and you'd put muscle tissue back on the skeleton and skin and eyeballs and hands and feet and toenails. And you'd cause Israel to come to life, dear God, in Jesus. And to be that great army that was prophesied from way, way, way back. Lord, you have so many good things in store for Israel. Or we, we don't even know what they are. And so we just pray, we just call forth that, that great trove of, of good things of great things, of blessings for Israel and from Israel. And Lord, the veil of deception. We ask you to take away the veil that falls on their people's, on your people's face when, when Moses is read. We ask you, dear God, to let the light of the glorious gospel of your Son absolutely and totally radiate that whole nation with the glory of the Lord. So that veil of deception, we just pray against it. We, we, just, uh, we declare it to be removed this day. And all over this world, and all of, the, all of the, the, um, the time zones today, Lord, from sun, sunrise and sunrise, 24 sunrises and 24 sunsets, we thank you, Lord, that people have have gathered together today to pray. To pray for Jerusalem and Israel. And to pray your heart over the land and over their destiny and over their generations. And we still say, Lord, that they're a special treasure to you. Even though they're lost, they're a special treasure to you, Lord. Even though they're misunderstood or understood, they're a treasure to you. Because they're a treasure to you, Lord, they're a treasure to us. And so we pray for them, Lord, our brothers and sisters. And we wait to hear the good report flow from the regions of Israel, Lord, the places where the tribes live. Wait to hear the good report of the Lord. this day we pray for Chris Walker as always we pray dear God for, for health through her bones and her flesh we speak to the cancer and call it to die in Jesus name to leave her in Jesus name we pray for Katrina Williams in the hospital from the motorcycle accident Lord that you would heal her scrapes and her bruises supernaturally and there won't be any ill effect from uh, the accident she was involved in pray for her. We pray for Hunter Green, dear God, as he goes to Nicaragua. 
as, a, as, as an emissary of the Most High God and all the people who will be with Him. We just ask you, dear God, that a great door open before them that no man could shut. And that there be salvation and joy and that there be deliverance and healing, that there be signs and wonders and miracles, dear God, that follow them. And, and uh, Lord, I pray that they just be asked to stay and you make provision for that. That's what I pray for. We just, just, just to extend their trip beyond the days that they're planned to be there in a good way, Lord. <laughs> That'd be a good thing.